0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health
1: insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to AI Audible, the new narrated article podcast from the Anfield Index podcast channel. Jürgen Klopp, The Bench Connection by Karl Kopach. Well, someone didn't get the memo. Following three gutsy away games at Stoke, West Brom and Watford, and two limp ones at home to Bournemouth and Palace, yesterday's match was an opportunity for the real Liverpool to stand up and beat their chests. Three games left, lads. Time to wipe Southampton away, as City had done to Palace the previous day, yeah? Do you want this or not, hmm? Not sure. This reticence to take what's in front of our very noses does not necessarily begin and end with the players. If you were to compile a casebook called Things Jurgen Klopp Fucked Up, this would be chapter 2, tucked in behind the section on the Europa League final. These words may sting, but it's important to remember that the manager is not some deus ex machina figure who will cure all ills in two seasons. He's a human being who, like all of us, fucks up from time to time. Yesterday, was an example of that. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, of course, but most people expected Lalana and Sturge to trot out after the break, following that turgid first half, but it was not to be. Save for standing in front of him and shouting, behind you, in playful panto whilst pointing at the bench, there's little you can do in that situation but wonder, what he can see that is invisible to the rest of us. Two defensive midfielders at home, no width whatsoever, and a general melchett esque predictable attack left us all frustrated, and it was a nervous hour before United made a worrying weekend, a sort of okay one. The race for top four is back in our hands, and if we roll over West Ham and Borough, we will reach the promised land. Big if. I'm never sure what is the real Liverpool, the one which shows enormous stuggets when a goal down at half time in the potteries, or the frustrating masochistic set of lads who panic when they're not at least 4 up in the first 10 minutes at Anfield. That is not to say that the opposition were cannon fodder, Southampton are a strong side and players like Cedric and Romeo have no issues with letting people know that they're not just there for making up the numbers. True, they didn't try to win the game, But that's a perfectly acceptable strategy. If your strength is in denying opportunities to avoid defeat, then that's what you do. One criticism of the Saints' performance was their play-acting and niggly tactics when it's early May and they have nothing to play for. I don't understand that condemnation at all. Liverpool could be third and sitting in a ten-point enclosure from both second and fourth place, and I'd still expect them to play like they needed a win. You don't just go through the motions because it's nearly beach time. You fight, 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 no matter the significance of the game. And that's what they did. And we did too, to some extent. We should have won the game, but Milner is too fallible and their keeper is nine foot tall and took advantage of one of the weakest referees to cross the city boundary. Uh, seriously, I love a bit of gamesmanship, and anyone who thinks it's ungentlemanly should look at the videos of Grabular and Dudek in European Cup Finals. But it's not often the ref just sits there and watches like an intrigued spectator. Putting your head on top of your opponents to emphasise your physical superiority should at least result in a word or two, eh Bobby? At least give us that. Some blame Milner over the manager, but every now and then pens are missed. James can look back at this season with some satisfaction. He is, as P.G. Woodhouse liked like to say, on the right side of the ledger in terms of credits and loss. And things improved when Sturridge came on, but I'm not going to use this column to reassert my views that he can be really, really good, while Livick Origi can be really, really average. It's the same old song, so I'll just point at his cameo and raise a Roger Moore eyebrow to the bench one last time. If you can't break a team down, then putting a player on who can may not be the worst idea. Would an extra 20 minutes on the pitch have helped? We'll never know. But that was a strange weekend. The Spurs handed Chelsea the league. City gave Palace a battering. We gave Southampton a point, And Arsenal decided to wake up and beat a relatively good side for once. I can't help but feel that we've missed a trick somehow, but we're still in the hunt. I just hope the Burra are down by the time we face them and are playing with sombreros on and toy donkeys stuffed under their arms in readiness for a fortnight on the Costa del Sol. We may need all the help we can get if yesterday is anything to go by. Two games, six points. No more additions to that file, please, Jürgen. Carl are articulating, I think, the frustration of a huge amount of us and it certainly formed part of my column as well after that match when we just sort of all felt that what we were shouting and roaring about during it was probably the right thing and it's not one of those situations where you think you're better than the manager although huge swathes of our fans do huge swathes of our fans seem to think they're better than all managers and uh, seems to be only in it for the aggravation and, and, and um, I don't know, niggle. But for me, I genuinely was perturbed by the fact that there was no changes being made at halftime. And the longer it went on, the more strangely odd it seemed to be. And, you know, you can say it's foolish, idiotic, you can use as strong language as you like, but I think Carl's got the, the tone of it right here where you're, you're watching him saying, Jürgen, I think you might've fucked up here. And I honestly think that was the case. And of course, A man with that talent and with that track record in the game and some punter like me saying that he fucked up it seems absurd but it's just my opinion i don't think it makes him in any way uh, culpable for the main problems this season or anything like that and um if that's happens to be your opinion fair play d you can hold it i just think that that was the wrong decision because I think Daniel Sturridge really has shown himself to be just a cut above anything else we have when he's been on the pitch um in terms of contributions and in terms of just that little bit of extra ability and you know the two little snapshots he got away were indicators of what might have been whatever has happened with Divock Origi he's just not firing at all at the moment it could be a confidence thing you know quite often is and he seemed to be really flying when his confidence was up and he was scoring goals And, you know, it could be as simple as that. But by God, it's not working for us at the moment. The whole James Miller thing, I think it's absolutely disgraceful to see people trying to hang uh, Liverpool's failure this season on James Miller missing a penalty. I've seen people, understandably, who don't like the player or who feel that he's not appropriate for the team coming out. And in the heat of the moment, they say maybe maybe unfair things, maybe they'd revise their opinions if they could. But it's absolutely idiotic to hang that defeat on him, or that defeat. You see, I'm saying it's a defeat because it felt like a defeat, but to hang that lack of of three points on James Milner's head solely is, is nonsense. The lack of threat from the front players was quite noticeable. Bobby Firmino huffed and puffed. Coutinho had his usual few long shots that Forster dealt with very comfortably. It was just sort of um the uninspired Liverpool that we've Become overly used to since the turn of the year, and that was disappointing on all sorts of levels. And you know, I suppose I was one of those people who thought if we were going to be hit by injuries, maybe we'd see some of this exciting youth talent coming in, like we thought might be the case with Woodburn or something like that, just to give the thing a little extra spark. But Klopp seems to be a man for the old heads, and those old heads. Did not do the business yesterday from the back to the front they were all slightly underwhelming you can't fault him in your leg because he'd bugger all to do i suppose and did deal with some crosses reasonably well so i guess he was a uh, maybe an exception to the rule but all the rest of them i don't know i don't know what you can say about them uh, southampton didn't really attack so i can't give the defense too much kudos the wing backs were not wholly ineffective but damn near the midfield was pedestrian you know uh lucas was the most creative of them in in the most creative spaces and that's that can't be good or right genuine aldum had one of his worst matches for us it was just a bit of a shit show from beginning to end so look as carl says two games left i don't want to hear please don't talk to me about cup finals because we saw what happened with the two cup finals last year thank you for listening to ai audible you can read this episode's article along with many others on anfieldindex.com you can download our ai channel app on ios and android can find all our ai audible episodes on twitter at ai audible and on anfieldindex.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen